What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Boyce, and this is another episode of Facts Project. Today, very special guest, Damian Beckton of Worlds Away. Just, uh, just released on Kickstarter for the past two weeks. We are at the final hours. Thank you for being here, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me, man. Absolutely, man. So, um, like, uh, and I've told you just previously, like, I've had the opportunity to basically uh, embolden my curiosity because I've been following you a while, and of course, I've seen that you you've uh, you're a Mad, Mad Cave talent winner. Uh, so yeah. you you basically yeah. this has been a desire of yours for a very long time. Long time. Absolutely. Hopefully, we hopefully we can talk about that as well because that's um. Like I said, you were, we were talking just before this, but we were talking about how I'm a teacher and everything. I just, if we get the chance, I'll tell you how I found out about that because that was crazy. <laughs> That's just, yo, okay. We will absolutely get to that. But the biggest thing, you know, uh, this is it, now, is this your first, first uh, basically creator owned issue that you, you're putting out in World's Way? This will be my first, well, technically, this will be my first. Well, second published story um, ever. So um, I got another thing coming out just before this one. It's a six-page story in an anthology. Um, but this will be my, that will be my first one. And this will be my first, like, single issue of anything ever. So, yes, sir. Dope, dope. <laughs> so to, to get in the world's away, um, mm-hmm. now you basically described it as uh, Radiant Black, Kyle Higgins, uh, great, Takasatsu type uh, Power Rangers type uh, uh, graphic novel slash God of War. Mm-hmm. Why did you describe it as such? Um, visually, it's more, I would say it's more um, Radiant Black because of the their power sets, because of the, um, the main characters, um, how the main characters look, um, their armor that they're wearing. But story-wise, it's really, it's definitely more God of War. The reason I wanted to um, make that comparison is because you know comic books um, comic books I wanted to say hey because um, Radiant Black is really really popular right now mm-hmm. and visually it really does look like um, um, Radiant Black but story-wise it, it definitely is more um, God of War if you guys have ever played um, God of War on the PS4 I know that there's a new one coming out in like I saw that like a couple of days ago yeah that I'm really excited about but Story-wise, it's definitely more God of War because of this family element, because of this mother-daughter relationship that's, that'll um, hopefully that I'll be able to get to make for four issues. Okay, so basically to jump in, the three main characters that we that I were I was able to see in these first nine uh-huh. pages in this preview were Serenity, Mackenzie, and um, if I'm saying that correct, Zaire? Zaire, yep. Um, I actually um, named them after, uh, again, we were talking about uh, me being a, um, a teacher, I actually named them after um, some pre- uh, former students that I had. Um, they're, you know, personality-wise, they're not, nothing like um, their real counterparts, but uh, those are just some students that um, actually had an impact on my life. Um, I learned a lot oh. from them, so I decided to kind of dedicate this to them in a way. That's dope. Do they know about this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they do. All three of them. Zaire actually... He just got a scholarship to play at App State. Um, he's a senior in high school. Um, the other two, um, they're already in college. I've been teaching like eight years now. I met him in sixth grade. And, you know, uh, they, they've grown up, man. They've matured a lot since their 11-year-old immature days. I'm sure they're still grown, but they're, they're good people. They're good people. I'm proud of them. 
Nice, man. That's what's happening. So to to get into the crust of this story, um, uh, it the from the storyline from which I took it as a reader, uh, of course, it takes place in the distant future. Um, we are talking about uh, Serenity and Zaire, um, mother and father, unexpe- mm-hmm. unexpected, of course, fall in love, have a child together by the name of Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. She then has a terminal illness and mm-hmm. in an act of conflict, seems as though Zaire is now out of the picture or somehow mm-hmm. lost in, in this issue to where Serenity continues to fight on for her daughter for yeah. cure and has to battle through an alien race. Yeah, basically, you know, kind of kind of, you know, she's she's on the run. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so those that first that first little conflict you were talking about, um, I initially planned on releasing that as a um, like a prelude that everyone would have. Um, and I'll eventually do it. Um, it is available online um, on global comics. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so. Zaire is out of the pictures. Um, Mackenzie, she ends up having this um, at the very, very beginning of the story. It's like the first four pages, y'all. Um, she she ends up being sick and they come up with this whole um, serenity and Zaire, the mother and the father, they come up with this whole um, elaborate plan to steal this cure from an alien race. Um, and Zaire, spoiler alert, um, but it happens in the first four pages, but uh, Zaire ends up sacrificing himself um, in order to save those two because if he doesn't sacrifice themselves or himself, then they, um, you know, that none of them will make it. So he decided to give his um, give his life, kind of, um, in order to save them. Which is, and you'll see throughout the story that this is going to be a, I would say, a point of conflict through, for Mackenzie. And Serenity, because Serenity and Mackenzie, they they really do not get along at all. And you'll see that in the first issue. You'll see that in the second issue, third and fourth issue, if I'm lucky enough to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see that um, Serenity actually, uh, or Mackenzie actually, prefers Zaire, her, her father, um, as opposed to Serenity. Um, Mackenzie, hold on, my cat is right here. <laughs> Uh, look, man, if he he, he, wants, he or she wants to get into the, the pod, I'm all for this. My boy's stuck in So um, to basically get back into it. So um, the, the, the way that I basically uh, did a little bit of uh, did a little bit of research on this is that, of course, this is a sci fi comic and yeah. there's always a great, awesome, combatful mother mm-hmm. in in sci-fi movies, whether it be Ellen Ripley, Sarah Connor, if we want to talk about the present day, Hippolyta Freeman from Lovecraft Country, you know, like just basically mm-hmm. these these very, very willful women who will do any and everything for their children. Mm-hmm. So the focus on a mother's instinct and for to protect their children, how much of of, of uh, serenity do you see in your own mother? 100 percent man i promise you i was on another on another show talking about this as well actually i was talking about some talking about it with um some of my classmates earlier today um but she's very much based on my mother shout out to my mom because i love you i love your mother um my mom is like a little tiny asian filipino lady um and like throughout my life all she's ever wanted to do was just make sure that i was okay 
Um, I'm 31 years old right now. Mm-hmm. And my mother will text me out of, out of nowhere every like every other day or maybe every two days. Did you eat today? Do you do I need to send you money? I'm like, Ma, I'm 31 years old. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but absolutely. Uh, I'm glad you I'm thank you for bringing that up because, you know, anytime I get a chance to talk about my mom and show and um, talk about how much she means to me, um, I'll, I'll be happy to do it. But yes, 100 percent. She's a very exaggerated version of my mother because <laughs> um, my mother is the nicest person on earth. Um, and serenity is kind of like the polar opposite mm-hmm. um, in that respect. But the whole um, she's willing to do anything to re- um, to protect her daughter. She's willing to do anything to make sure that she's OK. She's willing to do anything to make sure that she's safe. In that respect, she is 100 percent my mother. Got you. All right. So uh, basically, as an educator and more so an English teacher, what are the hopes of teaching your audience with this story? Um, you know, we go a lot um, in sixth grade. I teach sixth grade. Um, a lot of the things that I tell them is that, especially in movies and TV shows and books and everything, you'll you'll talk about theme for from now from sixth grade all the way until college. Um, if you choose, if they choose to go to college. Um, but one of the main themes is, you know, just like we've been talking about what family members or what your loved ones are willing to do to make sure that you're safe. A lot of times we don't see, especially when we're younger, we don't see why the our adults, our guardians, our parents um, make the decisions that they make. Mm-hmm. Um, not say, why, hey, why, I don't know, why are you doing this? I, I'm not, why won't you let me go to so-and-so's house? Or why won't you let me do this? Why won't you let me do that? Um, and a lot of times it's because, you know, they have that parental instinct, whether it's right or whether it's wrong, they have their reasons like, no, I don't think you should do that. Or oh, absolutely not. You're not going. And that's final. Um, a lot of times um, you'll see that. And I see that a lot with uh, my students. Um, a lot of times I have to play like social worker. Um, yeah. just kind of like say hey man what's wrong and then a lot of times they'll confide in me um they'll a lot of times they'll tell me what's going on at home sometimes I might have to report it to the office sometimes uh, you know it's not too bad that I can probably give them some advice then and there but a lot of times they just don't understand the decisions that their parents make um and most of the time um most of the time the parents are just trying to protect them whether it's um, in a good way, whether it's in a bad way, whether it's in a way that they disagree with, um, they just don't see it. And that a lot of that, you'll see that in this story as well. Mackenzie just is not, um, she probably doesn't see um, her mother's side of the story. And her mother, Serenity, is like, yeah, she's kind of, she can be a little bit unkind at times. And you'll see a lot of that as well. It's true. It's true. Now, um, Mackenzie being a 13-year-old, and of course, 13 being an age of transition, of course, you being a sixth grade teacher, you deal with probably a lot of 11, 12, 13-year-olds at that Absolutely. time frame. You're in a transition piece. So they become, they're slightly more so naive, mm-hmm. lightly educated, depending on their life experiences. You have a young lady that's basically personality-wise seeming to be a, a lot above her years to the point where, mm-hmm. you know, she she lashes out a little bit too much at mm-hmm. her mom. You know, because mm-hmm. you think, most most preteens at yeah. that time frame tend to think that they know it all. And I yep. get it too, 
you know? So uh, I'm actually, I'm actually glad you wrote the story from the perspective of somebody like in that age period, because mm -hmm. I remember being that age. I probably thought I knew everything and I'm more so did not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, but basically like, Oh, okay. So, why, why, yeah, why did you choose like because there, there's that time jump where she mm -hmm. goes to, where she's in an adolescence, and you see her journey out on her own for the very first time. Mm -hmm. That's as far as I got within my nine pages. Yeah, and you'll see a lot more of that. Yeah. So um, I was I was thinking I was like, okay, is this girl's just like playing hooky out there, <laughs> just you know, just out there amongst the universe, and then she's getting called back home by her mom. Yep. Um. So. Initially, she wasn't supposed to be a 13-year-old. A, a um, I initially planned to make her like five or six. But when I was writing her, uh, when, when I was writing the dialogue, I was like, man, she doesn't quite seem like it. Some of the words that I'm using, it doesn't quite seem like, it doesn't sound like a five or six-year-old. And then I, you know, I'm like, dude, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an educator. I work with 11, 12, 13-year-olds. I know how they talk. So mm -hmm. um, I kind of bumped her up. Actually, we had some artwork that was like, and she was already younger. I said, and I had to go back to the drum board and I said, hey man, look, this isn't quite working. Uh, and then the artist was nice enough, uh, shout out to Christian. Um, it was nice enough to like bump her age up a little bit in, in his art style. Um, but but yeah, um, she, she really doesn't know what's going on. Um, but I decided to do that because I wanted to, like, I really wanted to show myself. You know, I was talking about how my mom, like, all she wanted to do was protect me. Um, visually, she, uh, Mackenzie is based on my sister, uh, half Asian, half Black, um, half Filipino, half Black um, um, person or girl. But a lot of it is, and, and hopefully a lot of people will see themselves in, in this character as well. Um, think they, they think they know everything. Um, they're the exact opposite of what their parents are um, and they truly don't understand the decisions that they're making um, but um, a lot of it uh, you'll see throughout the story through flashbacks like those first four pages that you um, read that she she really prefers her father he would um, there's going to be a moment hopefully in like issue three where um, she really, I guess I'll throw it out there because if I'm lucky enough to make it, I'm going to talk about it all. Yeah. All like, um, but there's going to be a, a moment in issue three where um, she's going to she's going to let Serenity know, like, I, I wish it was I wish it was you. I wish my dad. Uh, was there. But what's funny, because I, I wish I could show you what I wrote on this page right here, because I wrote the Zaire's influence on Mackenzie fuel her disdain for her mother. Absolutely. Um, so you'll see uh, again. Um, I, I do. Sometimes I have issues with um, when I'm reading something with flashbacks, but I decided to do that because I wanted to have this story just between Serenity, not just between because you'll see a lot of Zaire in there as well. Um, but I just I use flashbacks to show what Zaire and Mackenzie's relationship was like. Now they got along perfect there. They were the best of friends, they couldn't live without each other. And mm -hmm. she'd rather stay with her dad. Actually, you'll see in the first four pages that Sereni and Zaire, they're not even together at the time that all this happens. They, they fall in love, mm -hmm. they break up. And then after they break up, they had Mackenzie. 
Right. Um, so this whole time, you know, she's been splitting time with the both of them. She absolutely, um, uh, she lives with Serenity, but you know, she some she'll see her dad, and that's that was me growing up as well. My my parents split up when I was like one or two. Mm. Um, my dad, uh, and they had good reasons to split up. <laughs> um, but most of the time, my mom worked from 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. And most of the time when I left school, it was getting picked, I was getting picked up by my dad. And mm. so the whole time I was hanging out with my dad and I very much preferred to be at my dad's house, just chopping it up with my dad. And then right. I would always be kind of bummed out when I would have to go back to my mom's house or my house, it was my house too. Um, but a lot of that story is, it's very exaggerated because mm. uh, shout out to my mom. I'm making it sound like my mom is like, I, I didn't. She was a terrible mother. She's the perfect mother. I'd do anything for her. I was about to say earlier in this podcast, I, I would <laughs> never get that because you, you bigged her up to the highest of highs. Brother. Yeah. But, you know, I'm talking about how I'd rather be with my dad. And I, I hated going back to my, my mom's house, um, my house, because I'd rather be with the dad. And that's absolutely true. Um, that was true when I was in third, fourth, and fifth, sixth grade. Yep. Um, but it's it was a time where you know I didn't know as much as I know now I didn't I didn't know about uh, the reasons why they broke up why they got divorced why they separated and there was a reason why um, that my mother had to uh, work from 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. and I barely got to see her um, except on the weekends um, and it was it wasn't until wasn't until recently how much she actually did for me. I'm like, I'm an adult now and I'm tired after work every day. But my mother used to, I used to come home from school some days, um, the days where my, my dad didn't pick me up. Every day we would have food waiting. She would leave a note saying, hey, eat this. Um, she would have hamburger help her out um, in the refrigerator waiting for us. And I didn't realize, uh, like seriously, until recently, how much my mother absolutely did for me. And um, so you'll see a lot of that story. Um, if I'm lucky enough to tell the story for issues and issues and issues and issues and issues and issues yeah. on, hopefully I'll be able to do that because I, um, Mackenzie is kind of me when I was 11, 12, 13. Okay. An, exagger an exaggerated version of me. Right. And, you know, Serenity is my mother, an exaggerated version of my mother. Got you, man. So uh, what I basically had here was uh, uh, to to describe the character building when you were building that personality. That is serenity and this because uh, aside from serenity being a champion for Mackenzie and doing all these things that more so Mackenzie may seem as like she's crowding her. She's shadowing. She's always on her back. But um, how would you say? that you built that character to where they have this sort of fractured relationship, like uh, personality wise for Serenity? Um, so that was actually tough. Um, the first two, first two or three drafts that I, that I wrote the script, I did a lot of just saying, I, well, I did a lot of just talking about how unkind Serenity is. I did a lot of um, just Mackenzie talking to people about how, you know, I don't want to be here. She's mean, she's cold, she's heartless. Um, so around the fourth or the fifth draft or the fifth go around about it, I decided, I 
found a way to actually show that in this cool action sequence that you'll see in the middle of the issue. Mm. Um, and um, like I said, it was the toughest part, but I think for this specific issue, but I wanted to show her as this, as cold, like, all right, this is our objective. This is how we're gonna get off the planet. This is how we're gonna do this. Um, is that understood? Is it, no ifs, ands, or buts. You do what I say. This is a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. Um, you do what I say, and we'll make it off this planet. And you know, Mackenzie doesn't really respond to that very well, and um, that causes a lot of um, conflict. And I'm I fin I I finished writing issue two, and you'll see this kind of I would say this this balancing act between or from serenity she's trying she's starting to see all right maybe i do need to take it easy on her or um but she knows that um if i do take it on take it easy on her that we might not make it out of this situation alive so mm-hmm. uh, so i do a the, like i said the first couple of drafts it was a, a lot of just telling about how she's cold and then as I got into it and got, as I got into a groove, I started showing her, um, showing her more this way. And I, hopefully, hopefully if y'all dig it, because Christian did a great job drawing. And shout out to Christian Prunesti, um, the artist who did, who, who drew it. Um, he did a great job with this action sequence. And there's going to be a lot of action there, y'all. So if you're into action, if you're into sci-fi fantasy action, uh-huh. um, hopefully you'll dig it. No, I, I I happened to see some of the snippets and the the action that you basically put forth. I only saw like maybe like three panels. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, still, it still looked fire from there. But um, when you describe this in the sense of, okay, you said Radiant Black meets God of War. God mm-hmm. of War has some of the most extreme villains I've ever seen out of a video mm-hmm. game. So when we're talking about this in the sense of a comic book and how you're basically going to bring this to life through this alien race, mm-hmm. what exactly do you mean? Because we only got maybe like one panel of the alien race oh yeah, yeah, yeah um so it's so i grew up with um like final fantasy um i grew up with final fantasy 7 final fantasy 8 final fantasy 9 um and then god of war so i'm very much into like um fantasy type stories but um science uh science fiction also is a big part of it as well so if you guys ever played final fantasy or any type of final fantasy 7 or 8 or 9 you can know that they have this huge mismatch of, of science fiction elements with fantasy elements. So you'll have laser beams and dragons, you'll have swords and machine guns and all this stuff. So I wanted to, so I wanted to like mix these two genres in, in, in a cool way. And I think I was able to do that, especially with Christian on the art. Um, but the, the villain, you'll see that going on through the story, um, the villain that we kind of teased um, might not be the main conflict um, throughout the story in the in the first issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you'll see that there's a lot more internal conflict going on where um, if I pull it off, if me and Christian can pull it off, yeah. you'll see that um, the main conflict, it, it really, because it really will come with within um, and Serenity and Mackenzie, mostly Serenity, is going to have to make some brutal, um, heart-wrenching decisions um, with her, Mackenzie, and the antagonist that we're that we are teasing. 
and some characters that we haven't been introduced yet. Um, but like I said, I think we're I think we're gonna kill it. But hopefully, if we're lucky enough to do this, um, you'll see that um, that might not be the main main pro uh, antagonist. Mm. Okay, got you. So uh, okay, so the story in general, and I, I, I since you're an English teacher, I'll just bring up bring up a term. Um, the story feels like an allegory, a story with a hidden, hidden meaning. You've talked about, of course, uh, your mother and your family and how most of the characters are being portrayed as such within this book and how it pertains to you. Um, sort of like, uh, I guess, uh, if, you, if you wanted to describe it as, for an example, uh, most high school students have to read Animal Farm. Mm-hmm. like basically um about the russian revolution but it's based on factions and societies brought out throughout a farm mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so the fact that you um do, do you feel as though the the book although it's a sci-fi novel and it's based on the the relationship between mother and daughter throughout this whole book do you describe it as an allegory uh for for your real life and for your family in general absolutely um one of the things that I'll talk a, I'll talk a lot about my influences, um, but you'll see a lot. One of my influences is like Pixar movies, um, and you know when you do when you watch a Pixar movie, you'll see like Turning Red, for instance. Um, the it's an allegory about um, puberty. It's about it's an yeah. allegory about um, finding yourself and all these things. Even Soul. Um, it's an allegory about not finding your purpose, but finding your passion and stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when I outline a story or when I come up with a story, um, I try to, I don't know if it has a, if it's a Pixar formula, but I do try to think of it as I, what kind of theme or what kind of message or what kind of, um, whatever do I want to show, um, the world about themselves or this, the person the audience about themselves. And in this case, hopefully a lot of people um, will be able to see themselves in this story. Um, like, but like you said earlier, yeah, it is pretty much, it is an allegory about me, um, how I personally grew up. But if I tell the story well, if me and Christian do it well, and I think we're gonna, we're doing well, if we do it well, then hopefully a lot of people will see themselves in it. So hopefully it'll be an allegory for um, all of you guys listening. Okay. If you, if you can relate to it, not everyone um, will relate to it as much as um, specifically me, because it is me, but I'm sure a few people might. Of course. Now, what would you say is the difference between your reading audience and your students? <laughs> um, um, at, at When I'm teaching, I have to find a lot of very relevant stories or very relevant articles. Um, a lot of times, um, a lot of times, even lately, um, this past school year, um, like I'll just scrap the lesson plan. Hey, let's just talk about what's happening in the news right now. Because a lot of times they just wanna, yo, did you did you hear what happened in Texas? Um, yeah, let, all right, let's, and a lot of times, um, like I said, it's it's they they want to read what this read something that's relevant to them. They want to talk about um, what's relevant to them. They want to um, see what's relevant to them. Or they want to. Um, we talked even before we talked about representation. You know, I got a class the 
my my students, my school was like 70% black or 65% black, like mm-hmm. 10% white, um, then 10% Hispanic and then 5% other or something like that. Um, so a lot of times the curriculum that they give us, you know, it's, it's people that don't look like them. It's people, it's stories that has no meaning to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times they just want to read a story about themselves or someone that looks like them. Um, and that's why I wanted to make these characters um, a little bit more <laughs> for people, um, for people of color. Um, right. But the sci-fi elements, some of them will dig that. Um, the fantasy elements, some of them will dig that. But I think that buying will come when they see that the main characters are people of color. There's an Asian main character, there's a mixed person, um, Asian and Black, and then another Black character um, represented in these stories. Um, So I guess the, I wouldn't say it's a huge difference Mm -hmm. um, or a huge problem. Um, I would say the problem is that um relevancy because if that story or or if that title or if those characters don't look or sound or aren't relevant to them Mm -hmm. um then they might not buy into it um and they're more willing to buy into it if you know that represent representation is there got you now what are you what are your students feelings towards you doing comic books oh man they love it dude I, i promise um, so I guess, can I segue into the Mad Cave joint real quick? Yes, you can. Yeah, so that was, you'll see if, if y'all ever look at my classroom, um, or if you ever by chance see my classroom, you'll see there's a big Captain America poster, like movie poster over there. You'll see comic books all across the wall. So they already know I'm into comic books. I run the comic book club, um, at my school. Um, but prior to the Mad Cave, me winning the Mad Cave Studios contest, and do it. They do it every year. Um, if you guys want to um, try out, um, it happens every year. This past one just ended like last week. Um, so you know, if you want to try again in 2023, um, but they 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 love it, man. When when I won it, it was just a regular day. Like it was the end of the day. I think it was a Thursday or a Friday. It's probably a Friday. Um, but I was just on on Instagram. Um, it was during dismissal. And I got this message from uh, another artist that I was working with. Shout out to Rachel Distler. Um, she's working. Uh, I have a story with her coming out in, um, in, a, in an anthology. But she messaged me and she just said, oh, look at this. Congratulations. I said, congratulations for what? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she sent me the picture of the four winners and my name was the last one. And I promise you, I promise you, I started bawling. I started crying in front of all the students. And that was the time where like masks were, were still required. Um, I had the mask off and I was just, I was just bawling and everyone's like, Mr. Beckton, are you okay? And I couldn't even say anything, man. I was just, right. they were, hug- they were hugging me. Um, they were like just making sure that I was okay, and I was just shaking my head. Yeah, I'm okay. It's just a dream is about to come true. Right, <laughs> um, right. But before that, man, like you know, I was just I always tried to do the Mad Cave thing, but I, you know, I never 
expected to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that to happen, um, I was like, you know, this comic book thing is going to happen. If I'm going to, you know, make a name in the comic book industry, yeah. like now is the time that it's going to happen. So I decided to go all in. Um, I got the Mad Cave thing coming out. Um, I got a story with uh, Wildstar Press, a six-page story in an anthology. I'm doing Worlds Away. I'm working on another story. I'm working on another story. Hopefully, some publisher will pick one of these up. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they love it, man. They're excited for me, and I appreciate them because they're always asking me, hey, what's it, when's your book coming out? I'm going to buy an issue. I said, don't worry about it. I, I will give you an issue. I'll sign right. it for everything. But they love it, man, and I appreciate the students. As hard-headed as they are, um, as some of them are, uh, they love it. They're excited for me, and you know I appreciate it, and I love them all. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now, um, a couple weeks ago, in the middle of this campaign, you basically talked about Worlds Away 2 already mm-hmm. having distribution, I believe, through Vault. Is that what you said? Oh, no, no, no. I wish. Woo! I wish. No, what happened was um, I did get some, not Vault. I did get some some interest from another publisher. Um, so hopefully I'll hear back from them. Um, but what I was able to do was a um, an artist, who has a book coming out with Vault? Ah, um, I was able to, I was able to collab with them, and they have a um, a cover. Um, they're they're doing the cover. Actually, they did a cover for Worlds Away number two that has Zaire and Mackenzie on it. It is absolutely beautiful. I'm actually going to post it um, since we we just passed 250 backers on um, Kickstarter, which is crazy to me. Uh, I was expecting 100. I would have been happy with 100. Um, but we just back, uh, got 250 backers. So I'm going to actually release that, um, cover. Um, his name is Sunando C. Um, he's doing, he's working with vault for, um, a beautiful book called end after end shout out, uh, shout out to Sunando. Cause he was, he's a great dude. He was really kind. He got back to me really quickly. Um, and he's just a friendly dude, man, but his, his cover for world away number two, is is dope. It has Zaire and Mackenzie on it. Um, so y'all keep out, uh, keep a lookout for that one. That's what's happening, man. Um, as far as the Mad uh, the the Mad Cave talent, well, when you do win that, um, what does it more so entail for for anybody that does want to submit? Like when you do win mm-hmm. it, what it, what, is it, what do you then go further to do? Um, so it's a different year after year. I wish I would have won it in uh, the first year or the second year because the first year, the second year, they got um, they got like four issue limited series out of them. Oh, <laughs> um, and a lot of them are still like a lot of them. Shout out to Jared Lujan. He, um, I think, well, he yeah. had Drive Foot, and he has a few uh, projects coming out. Isn't he like a? He's a milestone recipient right now. Isn't he? See, yeah. So yeah. he started off with Mad Cave. Shout out to him. I just, I just DM'd him earlier today. He has a book with a, a, a wave blue world. Um, he's doing some other things that I probably can't talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so the first couple of years, they got like four issue limited series, um, and last year, the year before, I got it. Um, they were part of an anthology. So there was a graphic novel and they all got like a few pages. Um, but me and the winners this year um, uh, hasn't been announced yet. I'm, I'm not sure if I can really talk about it. Oh, okay. Um, but I can't, but I can say, um, but I will say, I'm not sure if I can say, but we all got a one shot for a specific title. 
at Mad Cave. So there's a, a Mad Cave Studios title that's currently going. Um, we all got a, I think, well, I specifically got a prequel one shot for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what the other three got, um, but I was able to work with um, a very, very dope artist, um, Rafael Romeo Magat. Um, he's um, Filipino like me, so we, we kind of hit it off there. Ah, they mostly um, man trading some lumpia secrets and everything. Yep, yep. <laughs> I he's a nice dude too. And shout out to Raphael because um like when I wrote the script, I'm like, yo, this is dope. Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do that? He said, Yeah, but wouldn't it be cooler if we did this? I'm like, you're absolutely right. Let's go right. ahead and change it up and I'll change it in the script. Um yeah. but uh, yeah, we got this one one shot coming out. Um, hopefully, come I, I don't think it's coming out this year. I think it's going to come out in 23, 2023. Mm-hmm. But, man, I tell you, I'm super excited about it. Um, like, I think, I'm not trying, I'm not trying, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm a the greatest writer ever because, you know, I'm absolutely not. I'm still learning. Shout out to Brian Hawkins, who is the editor, who works, he works at Mad Cave. He's an editor. He has a book with Aftershock. Um, oh yeah, I, I contributed to what the poet, the lunatic, and the man. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was, um, yep, uh, cool dude, a great, great dude. Um, shout out to him because he's the editor on the story. Um, shout out to David Hazan. Um, shout out to Jared Lujan and all of them. But Brian, um, he like he helped with the story as well. As well. Um, but it, it's. I'm I'm just saying I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I think me and Raphael absolutely killed it. And I promise you, when that shows up in previews, when that when that shows up in comic book stores, I will there will be more tears mm. um, coming out of me because I'm super excited about it. I like we finished it a while ago. I think we finished that thing in like February. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either February or like the end of January. He finished maybe March. Um, but the inks are still in this Google Drive. Like he did the pencils and then he did the inks like right after it. Um, but it's just sitting in this Google Drive and I'll just every every two you get, you days, get every I, just, again. I just look yeah. at it because and just be in awe of how how dope it is. Cause man, like I said, I thought I I wrote a dope story, but Raphael, he absolutely killed it, man. That's what's happening. So aside from Worlds Away. Being a sci-fi novel, uh, sci-fi comic. I'm sorry, I'm saying a novel. Um, and the and the stories that you've written so far, or even the some some of the ones that have yet to come out. Mm-hmm. Aside from those, is there a theme or a genre that you haven't tackled that you would like to someday? Yes. Um, so I want to do and. The first two stories that I'm I'm working on right now are like sci-fi fantasy action stories, um, but I have this thought, um, and I'm pretty like I'm 99, 95 to 99% sure that I'm actually going to go forward with it. If this well, this Kickstarter is already successful, but the next one's successful as well. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go forward with it for a horror, um, a sci-fi-ish horror, more horror than anything. Um, and I, I want to see if I'm able to, to, I guess, convey that horror, um, 
in a, an effective way. Um, this story that I want to write, it's going to hit, it's literally going to hit all genres of, of horror. Um, uh, but yeah, if I had to choose right now, it would be a, a horror. And I think that's going to happen. You cross your fingers for me, everyone, but horror, I think horror is going to happen. Got you. Now, I read somewhere that uh, your dad's a big comic book head. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Who, right. who, who's his favorite character? Uh, man, I promise you, uh, it's easy. Uh, well, I, actually, I don't know, but I know his two favorites are Thor and the Hulk. So, like... Oh. He must have loved Ragnarok. Yeah, he absolutely did, man. But, like, man, I remember he would... I, I think it's the Hulk, because every time I go there, every time I give him my books, it's like he has the old Red Hulk comic books um, that I gave him. Um, but he has so many comic books. Like, I, I'm so thankful for my dad, man. He, like, he got me into comic books, and I could just talk to him about it for days. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? And he said, no, 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 no. The Hulk is the strongest one there is. That's what he says. I just thought, of, I haven't thought about that in years, but he says, he said, he used to say that all the time. So shout out to my dad. Love you, dad. That's what's happening, man. So um, for anybody that wants to get their hands on Worlds Away after the Kickstarter campaign, or more so wants to see the work that you're putting in, how could they get get their hands on it want to see anything that you're putting out yeah um so the plan is to once it's finished it'll hopefully be finished at the beginning or middle of august um i'll have it on globalcomics.com so if you don't know what globalcomics.com shout out to globalcomics.com man global comics you know it, it's a great format it's a great yeah. platform um and i think it's pretty it's it keeps growing and growing and growing um, so I'm going to have it on there. Um, and then I have, if you guys want updates about it, um, especially about future updates for Worlds, Worlds Away number two, Worlds Away number three, because I'm constantly going to be updating mm -hmm. um, about it, you can go to my Substack, which is, um, I thought it was clever. My Substack is wordsaway.substack.com. Ah. Um, but if you want to check that out, um, everything on Words Away is free. Um, I constantly post updates, not the Kickstarter updates, but more so updates for work on um, Worlds Away number two, Worlds Away number three, and stuff like that. Um, and I'll be showing off some artwork for Reveria, which is another story that I'm working on. Um, it'll be on Global Comics, but hopefully if you miss this Kickstarter, um, you can still get your hands on it because you still got like a 36 hours, something like that. Yeah. Um, but hopefully... Um, I'll be able to run the Kickstarter. I'm gonna give myself a break because constantly posting about this, um, advertising it, it's, and it's gonna be during the school year. But the next Kickstarter hopefully will be in October. Um, okay. Too. So right at the beginning of the school, well, not the beginning of the school year for you. I think y'all starting like August, right? Starting the end of August, so it'll be like 25ish days into the school year. Yeah. So oh, up here in Jersey, we start in <laughs> September. <laughs> hey, hold on. If y'all start in September, y'all must end in the middle of June or the end yep, of June. End of June. <laughs> no thanks. That's crazy. That's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, man. So, hey, I appreciate you doing this with me. Yes, sir. I've, I've, this has been excellent. I appreciate you answering all my questions. Uh, uh, so, so from James Grandmaster Facts, boys.
Damian Becton, Worlds Away, still live right now. This last day, we're going to try and get this man a little bit more in his in his pocket. He's already taking care of his creators, taking care of himself. We're going to get this book out as much as possible. We are out.